Well, cheers, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of the Variables Podcast, your favorite late night Friday night, 11 p.m. hashcast with your hosts, it's me, Figaroli, Superior Buds. And tonight, our guest host, Racer X, and our esteemed guest, Stephen Landry, aka Mr. Reheat, aka I run a controversial Instagram page, aka <laughs> I'm going to put all the dehumidifier companies out of business, a.k.a. He's teaching us all how to grow nowadays, it seems like. What's going on, guys? Thanks for joining. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thank you for inviting me. Great and to have you, man. Jack is, Jack is my little brother. That's why I brought him. I <laughs> appreciate you having me on, too. It's good to see you, Stephen. Oh, man. I remember the last time I saw you. And the Chevrolet building. Yep. So I I would like uh, both you guys to give yourselves a little introduction. I, I gave Landry a, just a, a, I'm going to call you Landry inside. I'm going to call you Steven Landry. I'm going to call you Mr. Heat, Re Reheat. I got a lot of different names for you. Um, so everybody try to keep up. But why don't we start with you, Racer X? What's your name? What's going on with you? Tell us, you know, what, a little bit about your background and why you're here tonight. Sure. Uh, my name is uh, on Instagram, Racer X. Uh, my name is Jack in real life. Um, I used to work at a grow shop. I used to watch podcasts, you know, ones that you were on back in the day. And we were sitting around in a grow store and decided, you know, we should probably move up to Michigan and, and get serious about it. And so we packed up our basements and garages, moved up to Michigan, uh, got to work under the um, uh, first year of MMFLA. Uh, and have transitioned over to AU, uh, have moved from Flint to Lansing a about a year and a half what? ago. Adult use. Uh, adult right? use. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's um, the recreational side of things, right? Correct. You've, you've moved on from medical to now recreational. Correct. Okay. Sorry. Um, sorry to interject just to clarify for some of the people that don't under, you know, understand the lingo, especially oh. if you're out from outside of Michigan, but so you're in Lansing now. Mm hmm And, um, you know, when we were, uh, starting up, um, I had, message Stephen earlier today where I was like, I've been following you since 2019, um, which is when we were kind of approaching what our first commercial HVAC solutions were looking like um, for this big grow we're putting up. And, um, you know, we talked to a fair amount of techs, engineers and uh, scrolling. I can't, I was trying to find it. I couldn't find exactly where the first post that I ran across it was, but somehow, some way in the algorithm, um, you know, uh, reheat pops up, makes sense. Um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, we try it out in a grow room, works pretty well. We go ahead and apply it to other grow rooms. When we moved out here, it's our primary strategy. Right now we have uh, one room completely uh, set up under reheat. We have one room that uh, was built before we took over this spot that has uh, two dehues and we're putting up a third one right now. That's gonna be another reheat room. Um, all these are roughly the same size flower rooms, roughly 20 lights a piece. Um, and we're seeing, you know, flatter numbers on our reheat rooms in terms of how they're handling dehumidification. Okay. Slow down, slow Sorry. down. Those, those last few <laughs> sentences, you said reheat about 10 times and I yeah. promise you we'll get there. Okay. But you said when you first started looking into your first real HVAC solution as a commercial grower, yeah. How, how many lights are we talking about? Because, right, because a lot of uh, a lot of the people that watch this show are going to be your home growers, right? They might have one, two, five, ten lights, something like that. Um, a handful of them are going to be uh, commercial growers that might be running either, you know, well, probably not outdoor because you're not worrying about this too much in, in the same way. But, uh, you know, indoor lights, maybe dozens or hundreds or, you know, 
however many lights. Uh, <laughs> your first solution you're talking about. What what kind of setup were we talking about? Your your first like real commercial grow setup. How many lights? What kind of like you know HVAC were you, were we working with? So put it in perspective. I mean, most of these uh, larger commercial grows are in the scale of hundreds of lights. We had less than a hundred starting out. We still have less than a hundred. Um, you know, we're breaking our rooms up into roughly twenty to thirty lights. So in that facility, four rooms anywhere between eighteen and thirty lights uh, across the four of them. Um, they were undersized for AC, um, just nature of, of building out at that time. Um, but, you know, uh, it was a mishmash, too. We had a couple of five-ton, you know, package air handlers, and then we had, um, uh, or split air handlers, and then we had a bunch of mini splits in there as well. Um, it was another building that we took over after a, a grow had shut down in there. So um, we adapted some of the package unit, or the uh the split five ton air handlers added the reheat package and, and let it rip. Okay. So that, that brings us to the whole idea of reheat and kind of where you've started to at least apply it. Now, Steven, when we talked on the phone, you had a pretty interesting backstory. Are you willing to share? How much of that are you willing to share with us? Just to kind of start again with your background, how you got to this space and why you're really pushing what you're pushing eventually, you know, we'll get there. Well, let me just assure everybody, the reason that I know so much about my industry and I try to teach others is when I first started doing heating and cooling, I was lucky enough to be hired by refrigeration men. And they taught me things like thermodynamics. They gave me some physics. They taught me the, the law of energy conservation. Right? So I started in the trade, not crawling under houses, pulling flex dust and running a zip screw and zip ties and stuff, right? I started off having to learn how to fix a walk-in cooler, ice machine, beer coolers, things that had something very valuable to the businesses, no different. Same thing today. But fast forward, I spent my life doing all different forms of HVAC stuff. And in 2008, there was a housing crash. I lived in Bend, Oregon, and it was one of the second, it was the second largest growing city next to Vegas in America during those times. It wasn't as big as Vegas, but it crashed as hard as any work did, right? So suddenly there was no work. And at this time, I started practicing hot yoga. And I found that it gave me something really physical to do, and I was used to having a physical job. So there was no work. I couldn't change. There was no work, but I could go do hot yoga. And it gave me, it was therapy, right? Being, you understand in Bend, Oregon, 2008, people were, were not were dying that were in construction because they couldn't handle the debt that they had been left with, right? So that was my therapy. And I decided I don't want to ever go back to construction. I want to hide out in yoga. I'm going to become a hot yoga teacher. And I literally, I brought this to prove that anybody wants a question. Here's my certificate from Bikram signed it. He handed it to me in LA in 2011. That is awesome. Love Jay, it. Wait, 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 were you looking for a hot yoga teacher or a hot, hot yoga teacher? I was at a bar one night and a gentleman <laughs> told me that the hottest women in town practice hot yoga. So all I knew was I got to go to hot yoga. Okay, I fair enough. <laughs> I, I, was, I had been married for 20 years. The reason I'm sitting there at the bar is I'm in my mid-40s. I just got divorced. 
yeah, dude tells me there's the hottest women in town is yoga. That's where I went. So, but again, you got to understand, like a lot of things that we do, we probably do them too much. So I went to hot yoga every day for 600 consecutive days without not going in the same yoga building. And I wow. even drove from Bend, Oregon to Spokane and back and still went every day without missing a day a for 600 days. Yeah. No, no. Let me, let me change that, guys. 18 months. 18 months, 600 classes. Right? Okay. So. I mean, either it. way. <laughs> either <Okay>. way. <laughs> so I want to tell you guys, though, that Jay Larkin from uh, Dry Flower Hanging Harvest System out in Ashland, Oregon. Jay was in my group in Bikram Hot Yoga teacher training. He's Larkin. I'm Landry. We were next door neighbors in our hotel. And we were in the same group. So Jay Larkin's in the industry. I'm in the industry. We're both certified Bikram Hot Yoga teachers. We can lead that. I'm hiding out in yoga and I'm not making any money. I was a broke-ass yoga teacher. And 2015 comes along and Oregon's opening up the recreational. And I start thinking there's got to be some opportunity for people other than you guys in this thing. So I start looking at it. And I follow everybody on Instagram off of my yoga page in Oregon that was associated with you guys. If it was you guys, I followed you if you were in Oregon. Everybody you know, if I could find them, I'd follow who you followed. And I gobbled up all these people in cannabis in Oregon. And I followed you guys. And what I noticed was that you guys need your best friend to be an HVAC guy that knows some refrigeration. A hundred percent. So I'm observing this, and one day on my Instagram feed is the rooftop of the Shoots Growery in Bend, Oregon, and they show a 4,000-square-foot solar panel array. They've just traded money with the electric company, and they're trading in HPS. They're getting money for LED. They're getting money for solar. They're working the whole energy game that is in Oregon. And when I see that, I think, I got to get next to these guys because they're doing something construction related and I'm from construction. So I message the shoots grower off my yoga Instagram page that doesn't exist anymore. And I said, Hey, besides being a yoga teacher, I'm also licensed a bond with insured contractors, air conditioning, you need any help or anything. And Justin Clappick messaged me and said, Hey, come on down, meet us. Went down there. They said, we're going, we're going recreational from medical, and we did all this shit with no permits, and now we have to get all this shit permitted, and some of it's not legal. Like all the, when you said MC earlier, that's the thing. They built this whole facility with Romex, which you can't put in a commercial building at all. There was miles of Romex that all came oh, out. No. <laughs> they, they took, they had to take it out, and they had to buy again, but. What they asked me to do was write a letter to the city of Bend and to explain to them that everything was the code. They want me to tell the city everything they did is the code, not the electrical, just HVAC, mechanical stuff. And I said, okay, I'll write you a letter. I knew the letter wasn't having, wasn't going to have any weight with the city, but I wrote a letter saying some stuff, gave it to him. A couple of days later, he contacts me, and this is how the text message goes. He goes, 
Hey, Steve, the city wants to know if we got a, a drawing. And I said, didn't you say your architect just drew your floor plan? He says, yeah. And I said, well, send me that drawing and I'll draw your drawing on that drawing because that'll be a good place for it to be. And I took a copy of their floor plan and I spent the next week at my yoga studio in between the couple of classes I had a week. Now, I didn't have, at the end, I didn't have that much yoga business, but I had a situation that was working and I could go play with the cannabis guys, right? So I tell them, okay, I'll draw your plan for thousand bucks or something. And I spend a week and I draw with a pencil and a ruler everything that they put in their facility. There was 36 Vortex fans. There was nine or 12 mini splits. There was miles of flex duct. There was a hundred hoods. So I drew the lights on the plan too, right? I drew what the facility was. I right? drew the facility plan as built. It's built. This is what's in the place. I drew that. And as I'm drawing it, because you got to remember, I looked for this opportunity. And when I was drawing for a week, I go, oh, HPS, huh? And I make my own legend like an architect does, an engineer does, so that, oh, you look at that symbol. Oh, those are fans. Oh, those are filters. That's flex stuff, okay? I went, these guys just handed me fast track education on how you guys used to do it. Because it was all HPS, it was all overventilated, not enough cooling, bunch of mini splits. They didn't have any dehumidifiers because Bend, Oregon, when you're in the HVAC industry or engineers, they know this stuff too, of course. There's this stuff called bin data. And that's, you can look up where you live and there's a number that's your temperature almost all the time, everywhere, right? Bend, Oregon's number is 46 degrees. There's almost always 46 degree air outside. When you have 46 degree air, you don't need air conditioning. But guess what? You don't have a sealed room. And you can't control your VPD when you overventilate the room, right? So I got to walk in. We talked about this earlier when we were getting to know each other. That I walked in as you guys are going from overventilated to totally sealed. So I got to build a ventilated room with them. Their first LED room we built was still overventilated. It didn't have enough cooling. It was that Swiss cheese room that you were talking about, Jack. Holes everywhere from all the different attempts and fans and shit that was in and out of it. We closed all that. We didn't close all that up on the first run in room one. But we went to room three, and room three was the first room that they built sealed. You guys want me to keep talking? Yes. Uh, I'm curious, though, uh, what year that was um, that, that you, this, you initially got that plan out. This is 2016. I'm drawing that. And 2017, we start building four-level LED sealed rooms. That they used to grow four levels, four levels oh, in kill me, dude. <laughs> living soil beds, right? <laughs> I those I were can't bedded, talk about their bedded racks. Too much. Oh. I gotta leave some of the, their stuff to them. But what yeah, I can tell totally. you is when I when I went when I started there, they grew eighteen bushes under eighteen lights. Okay, that doesn't mean anything to me. That means something you. They grew plants. eighteen bushes under eighteen lights. It was medical in Oregon. There's a plant camp. Yeah. There That's was a plant fine. count, right? 
So patience and all that stuff, right? When they went to recreation in Oregon, no pet count. Some LED guys came to them, told them, hey, we can show you how you can grow three levels in 10 feet. And they said, <laughs> maybe we can do four. Because you'll have that, because we can sell you three times as money. many LEDs. I mean, you'll grow three times as much weed. No, uh, the LED guys wanted three. The LED guys didn't want to reach out. DG said, well, if you can do three, we're going to try four. And they bring me, I don't know nothing about your industry, right? And yeah. they bring me into this room, and they got racks in this room. They're only four by eight. They're only eight foot racks, but they're four levels. You guys see all these fucking big, enormous two-level shit. Mm -hmm. Your state is full of it. Oh, I've seen a so, four-level local. <laughs> it was a bedroom, but still, it's insane. So here's... Here's the program, and I hope the justice ain't mad at me for talking about this, but they take clones, and in the room that used to have 18 plants, they load 3,000 plants, 3,000 plants, where there was 18 plants. And nine weeks later, all 3,000 plants are the hashtag flowers only. You ain't, they ain't seen, they ain't seen flowers only. Because let me completely blow everybody's mind. From the top of their soil to the bottom of the LED light, there's only 18 inches clear every day since 2017 and 18 and 19. When we built all their flower rooms out. They're still there. They're still, go look at the photos of their picture. Go look at the photos of their weed. So while I'm working for them, right, while we're doing this crazy LED thing that I don't know, I don't know this is different. I'm charged with, they said, can you create something that'll blow air under the lights, over the plants, and not blow the plants apart? And that was my first charge in this vertical LED game. So I, on that day, had decades of moving air in and out of rooms and spaces and things. The last thing I did is create hot yogas for hot for Bikram hot yoga people. Right? So Doing yeah. air duct stuff and holes and ducts and what? what it, it's do. worth mentioning though, because you you've it, because a lot of people attribute you as the reheat guy, but your first step was those rack Vertical. systems. How do you duct that properly? How do you hook it up to an air conditioner? Because like most people that you saw who That's were doing rack do. systems, what were they doing incorrectly? Like well, well and, and I, I hold up. on. Real quick, yeah. Stephen, I, I want to jump in too because what what you're referring to, Racer, and what uh, Landry, I'm just reading your name here. What Landry's <laughs> uh, mentioned multiple times um, with the sealed rooms is is we kind of have these two phrases we refer to as growers, and one of them is airflow, and one of them is air movement. Air movement is kind of the what's happening inside the room, around the plants, you know, up and down, left and right, you know, in circular motions. However, you might go about it, usually with the use of a lot of fans, right? Airflow is how much air is moving in and out of the room it might be zero like you're saying with a sealed room which i'm mostly in it's not fully sealed but it's a you know mostly sealed environment nowadays and i'm running co2 in it and i'm running led lights and uh you know air conditioning all this stuff right um i used to when i was running hps lights because they were cool tubes and they put off so much heat and i didn't have enough air conditioning i used to exhaust all that air with the use of a carbon filter right outside the room, right? And just take all that hot, hot air right out. That's what I would, and most of us considered airflow. 
or yeah, airflow. And so what we're talking now back to air movement is these crazy vertical environments, which I mean, I can't imagine the amount of micro environments that are in these because there's no kind of headspace above them. But the fact that we now have four different environments stacked up and we have to control this, you know, sometimes they're 33 foot height buildings and it's just, it's maddening. So tell us, how did you figure this out and what, how did you start there? Well, what happened is every time I've built a system, it's been different. And when they, um, built the first rooms, I got to practice. The very first system that I built, they ran one time and they decided to take everything out and cover the walls because they hadn't, they still had pandas up there. And they took the racks out and they wanted to take everything out. And while they were doing that, we were building room three. And what I learned on the airflow in room one, I got to go into room three and go, okay, well, I'm doing that again because it didn't right. work so good, but they also asked me, you got to understand the first one I built, I thought I've got to stay out of that real estate. That real estate was the soil bed. That's the most valuable property in this fucking building. And everybody stays out, but the plants that I knew that why, because I've been in business. I'm not new to making money. And so I understand that's where the money's made. They don't want no heating and cooling shit in there. Right. Now, understand also, they had these flat panel LEDs that were all the way up against the bottom. There's nothing, 18 inches. That's because there was only 27 and 28 inches between different rooms from death to death. There's, we're only starting with 27 wow. inches at all, right? I know, you shake your head because it's like, yeah, the finish. Now, here's the thing. They still grow a three-foot plant in there, but it's bent down, bent down, okay? So... I changing the airflow, we get in room three, we got a different system. I'm trying all sorts of different things. I learned that you got to make the loop. The reason I make the loop and I don't care to tell, I'm happy to tell everybody why we do the loop is just better airflow. So that's why it's done. So take my experience, understand why I do the loop, better airflow. So room three, I come up with this loop thing. That's Steven, the first sealed room. Are, are you talking? Are you talking a vertical loop around there or are you talking a horizontal loop or both? It's just a loop out and back inside of a rack level. Every rack okay. level has to have air. So it in the very first room, I was, you gotta understand, remember I was broke yoga teacher. I had every day to be in the facility once they let me in. I was there working there because I want to do this, right? And so I'm paying attention and and when they came to me, they said, can you do something about the humidity in room three? The cooling's okay, story of your life, but the humidity's not. Can you do something about that? So I go and I check everything and everything's working. And I go to them and say, hey, everything's working. It's, you're not gonna get any more out of what you have. And they said, do you think we need another dehumidifier? And I looked at Happy and I said, I think you need another solution. And I went to Chicago to the ASHRAE trade show that year, and I walked the floor with the purpose to meet the world's largest dehumidification manufacturers and ask them the question, what is the biggest dehumidification job on planet Earth? And they said, indoor Olympic swimming pools with an arena for thousands of people. If you mm -hmm. think your indoor farm is hard to control, 
Imagine an indoor heated pond with a bunch of breathing sweaters, right? So <laughs> that's the biggest load for them. I said, what's the solution? One word, reheat, reheat, right? So I go back to Bend, Oregon who, on my way who, who said I reheat? Get, is that, is that uh, you know, was this already a solution? DCA. I'm, I'm sorry, DCA? DCA is dehum yeah, DCA is Dehumidifier Corporation of America and Desert Air, who came out of them once upon a time, they said the exact same quote. They're and they're our nation's largest dehumidification dehumidifier. They make the biggest shit. Right. <laughs> those two guys do. DCA and Desert Air. Right. There's others that make it too. So anyhow, they said reheat. Well, on my way back to Bend, Oregon, I get out the instruction manual for the thermostat that I was using at DG. And I'm using it to control a Quest, and I'm using it to control an AC because this Honeywell thermostat does this. And I get its instructions out, and I go to dehumidification, and there's the word reheat. I didn't know what I didn't know, but I had it the whole time, and you guys had it the whole time. We just didn't know what we didn't know. So I see, oh, this thermostat has reheat. So I go back to Bend, Oregon. I walk into room three one day. I walk up to the Honeywell thermostat. I go click, clickety, click. Took the Quest off of it. Enabled that five-ton AC that I had installed with the 10KW heater kit to do reheat. And I changed and I fixed that room. Room three changed this industry. You can thank room three at the shoe thrower because it was in that room that I practiced reheat for the very first time. And that was in 2018, probably January, 2018 is when I flipped that switch for them. Then that was the end of building that first building. They got funded. We got the building across the parking lot. We're going all new construction now. We don't have to do no code changing bullshit. We don't have to tear anything out. We don't have to redo anything. Now we've built rooms. We know we're going to go build over there, right? I told them, I said, don't buy any dehumidifiers this time. Let me just build the system I want to build. And room four in DG was the driest room they ever had. I actually had to look at ways of throttling back the capacity we were having. <laughs> Yeah, we don't like it too dry either. Yeah, yeah. In the first weeks, it was a problem, as it is. So we built the rest of the facility with zero dehumidifiers in the flower rooms. They still don't have any. Nobody from there has ever called me and said, hey, can you do something about the humidity? Yeah. Ever. Be being able to iterate like that's awesome, though. You were able to go through and just keep refining until you dialed it. That's That's awesome. What I did there, we don't do today, though, even on airflow. Reheat going, right? is basic. Yeah, the reheat's basic. Everybody can do it. Everybody, because here's the thing, everybody. What dehumidification is, is not heat. It's a compressor running and cooling an evaporator coil below dew point so that water condenses on it and it runs down a drain. The heat of reheat just simply neutralizes the process so the room doesn't get hotter or colder. 
the room just stays at set point or about. We're not in a perfect world as you guys have experienced for decades. <laughs> before you before you give us your perfect explanation of what exactly reheat is and how you make it work for us as growers, I want to attempt my uh, ELI five or explain like I'm five definition for it, and then I want racer x to jump in and give us his explanation maybe eli 35 and then we'll get to landry and see if he can correct us correct us both um so my my basic very five-year-old uh understanding of this is uh you know we've got lights in our grow room uh these lights add a lot of heat you know we end up adding air conditioning to com combat this heat while we're combating this heat turns out these air conditioners do a great job at reducing humidity so cool we're taking care of humidity taking care of the heat and then all of a sudden the lights go off and we're, we're talking for the most part right and then all of a sudden the lights go off and our heat source is gone and our air conditioning no longer needs to work and that means our dehumidification isn't really working. And unless at this point we have a dehumidifier, well, we might be SOL in a night or two because powdery mildew is a bitch. And I've experienced it myself. And uh, so it seems like, you know, again, with my five-year-old brain here, it seems like, well, maybe if we just, you know, heat the room up at that point, the lights go off, maybe we can combat some of that, right? Without adding a, a second, third, fourth yeah. quest and then they're owned by the same company um <laughs> okay so that's my five-year-old brain racer jack can you can you give it a little bit further in-depth explanation now that you're actually utilizing it yeah and it's i mean that's that covers most of it the the only thing that we really think about it is is running the heat and the cooling at the same time and, you know i'm obviously thinking about it and um more of an installation like perspective um, you know, cause a lot of air handlers in Michigan don't necessarily have reheat coils unless you spec them from factory and knowing, uh, what that ratio is, is, um, you know, good information to have, you should DM, uh, uh, cannabis mechanical about it, but the, um, running your cooling with your heat is just making your cooling run for longer than it would typically run if it was just chasing your lights. So you know, when you have a cold surface in a warm or like a warm, humid room, it's going to collect water. So if you can, you know, replicate the conditions or force those conditions more, you get more water coming out of it. You get more dehumidification, roughly about 100 pints per ton, uh, which is enough on like a five ton unit to take care of most people's, you know, larger home grows. And then for for smaller grows um you know uh, there's a great cannabis mechanical video uh about using the same concept with uh mini splits i i, I know cannabis mechanical is not the biggest fan of that technology but um being able to run those things at the same time things you already have in the grow without having to go out and spend thousands of dollars on equipment that you probably don't already use or like already need um it's it's kind of a game changer when you're talking about like setting up a budget for your grow and like making your grow work. It's been a godsend for us um, because, you know, when you're taking a look at the budget of a, you know, typical commercial or like big home grow and you go to the grow store and you go to the guy at the counter and you're like, what are your solutions? And they go, look at this big box that we can sell you. It comes from the same distributors that the fertilizer and like backwater come from for some reason. 
uh, you know, it's dehumidifier. Um, you know, it dehumidifies the room. That's that's your problem, right? It's humidity. But it's a it's a deeper problem. You're running a sealed room with like a bunch of different loads happening, and you have to manage them um, all at the same time. And reheat's just a, a better holistic approach to uh, uh, keeping VPD in check as opposed to hanging up, you know, 50% of your budget in these ambiguous white boxes that have a high failure rate. I see you have one for sale. How much does that yeah. go for? Because those suckers are expensive, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I was fortunate enough, like I, I've, you know, through the GrowTube days, we were all sponsored yeah. by Quest. We had them on the show. I actually became good friends with one of the sales guys. And, um, yeah. you know, they gave us all that 185 cool, which was a little bit different than just your standard Quest. Are you familiar with that one, Stephen? Uh, the Quest 185 Cool. It actually had the compressor or the condenser outdoor, a compressor condenser. Oh, I don't know. It puts it outdoors. So you're actually adding cooling to your room uh, instead of why you know, did heat. they continue that? Uh, continue because they didn't work sub 20 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I mean, you can get a quarter ton mini split at like tractor supply, right? And that's essentially what those things were, right? It's just, you know, the same know. Yeah, probably. split AC yeah. system. It's, it's um, something, I don't know. I still have it. I, was know. it a desiccant or was it just think so. an A-coil with a compressor with a hot side, cold side? Just like a mini split. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it was very I, heavy. I, I know that much. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you if you want to put an offer in, Racer X, four underscores on either side. So that's all, like a DM 115, on a one, well, I can't tell how big that is. I think it's yeah, a 70. Oh, a 70. If this is a 115, I'd be taller than you. Um, <laughs> and you're huge. So um, well, thank you. No. I, I do actually have, like, legitimately, I have some some 155 duels. I got four of them. They're in the hallway next door. If you want to give me a shout, send me an offer. I'm not really going to be using them. Don't plan there on using go. them. Um, so, Stephen, I mean... I, I do feel like I've learned a little bit from Racer X's um, explanation. It was certainly better than my five-year-old explanation. What can you give us that like really kind of drills into this um, and and how it works? Because I want to I want to say that um, I feel like I might not even be able to utilize this because the only air conditioning unit I have uh, for my flower room is a mini split, and it doesn't. It's not a heating and cooling one. It's literally just a cooling one, and so like. I mean, would I just have to then buy a, a separate heater and put it on a timer and try to do it all separately or, or you know? That is one choice. Okay. Yep. Another choice is put another system in and run one on heat and one on cool. But guess what? We don't need the exact, let's say you had a three ton for your cooling, mini sweat head on the inside, right? You got few lights, you, you need three, you got one three ton head. You would need a two-ton head to balance that. It's not one-to-one, -one, and mm. that is where what you guys all said about what it is, you're absolutely right, but why it is, is every piece inside of that dehumidifier sitting behind Jack right now, every component in it is repeated in all the air conditioners that you own too, only they're bigger, okay? They're bigger. Guess what? Bigger can do more work. <laughs> That's how work gets done, right? Does doing more work use more energy? Yeah. So right now, the simplest way for, let's say you had one mini split, you want to change your room tonight safely, 
go put a heater in your room and when the lights shut off, turn the heater on, but make sure you're not going to burn no shit down. Set it only higher than what you want the room to be so that, let's say you want the room to be 70. You set the heater at 75. It's going to try to make 75. AC is going to try to make 70. They run off fucking night. When you wake up, your room is drier. It ain't hotter. It ain't colder. Wait, wait. So, so you're talking settings on a thermostat, right? And this is something I yeah. think I need to visualize, especially if I'm using yeah. two separate units, right? Yeah. Um, where this, it, you know, say say I want say I want a nice and cozy 77 degrees, right? Uh, where am I setting my heater to, and where am I setting my AC to? Be, and, and and say that they are proportionally sized in that kind of two to three rate, or you know, mm-hmm. the ratio you're giving us. You're gonna uh, have to experiment, like everything you yeah, do in growing. You're gonna sure. have to experiment. So mm-hmm. don't go crazy. If you want the room to be 77, set the AC for 77, and set the heat for 79. That way, you walk away for a few hours. And you check on it, you know that okay, well it, it didn't get more than 79. Or whatever you whatever you want the dead bad to be. Maybe you're like, well, no, I'd rather overcool, so I'm gonna set it at 75 and set the heat at 77. Just start with some point. Here's what you gotta understand. If you guys know that there's the mini split reheat hack video on my YouTube channel, that's the title of it, mini split reheat hack, because it's just a hack, and the hack is if you add some electric heaters to a space that has some air conditioners, whether they're portables or consoles or windows or mini splits or whatever they are, if it's an air conditioner, you counter the cooling with the heating when you need dehumidification, not when you need cooling. So first rule number one, we don't add heat all the time. We don't add heat when you need cooling. We add heat when you don't need cooling and you need dehumidification and when is that jack almost all the fucking time yeah i mean we're seeing like in in flower constantly um having the ability to run run at least one of the five ton units we have two in that room under the conditions of reheat and the other one just chases temperature and chases the lights when it's lights out you know the thing's running on um you know, Are one you set of, yeah. You sealed yeah. now? Because we spent yeah. a lot of time talking about sealed. Right. So you, I have no idea about the industry. Is is there a trend towards more density in um, I mean, there's... Towns to you guys. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, but I mean, I've seen are people growing so many more different or strategies. less in the same space? Uh, more in the same space. Always more. That yeah, is definitely it, the trend you know as much as the fire department will allow you to <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's pretty much what what it comes down to yeah yeah so what what do you want to know more about the reheat simplification because i don't want to jump away from it because i was about to talk about some airflow thing but i want to talk no, about the basic sure. what you were talking about growly because you wanted to know like how does the basic beginning people they got a tent they got a basement mm-hmm. How can they improve things? Again, go watch that YouTube video, Mini Split Reheat Hack, because at the beginning, you got to watch it two times. First time, you're going to be bored out of your fucking mind because I explain like some math and there's charts and numbers and shit. And you're going to be like, I don't want to look at this shit. 
Two joints later, I might be it's interested. Because <laughs> yeah. the second time around, now, now it's going to connect. You can come back to, <laughs> oh, okay, now I know why I got to do what I got to do. I didn't understand why I got to do what I got to do. And I didn't like listening to him talk about numbers. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's a it's dense topic it, it in context simple. of the, the tent stuff, but like, let's just say a specific example of somebody who's got a closet, something, maybe, maybe a four lighter. Sorry, we got a train going by here. It's a train station. <laughs> um, but uh, how, like, let's say that they're ready to attack and upgrade um, uh, what's, but you know, it's not feasible to pull in um, an air handler into the room. Uh, they want to, they want to DIY. Why? Why? That's a good question. Yeah. Like, if that's the big Who's challenge, like, maybe they ran out of power. Ran out of power? I mean, yeah, they used they use all fifteen amps in that bedroom for lights and hang, you know, oscillating fans. They literally can't put any other HVAC equipment in there. I Wall guess unit? overbuilt. I guess they overbuilt. Yeah. You you can only you you can overbuild your power. People do it all the time. I can't change if you don't have enough power for what the process is you're attempting. So, so but this is where you say this is where you start running Romax and RM, uh, MC. Yeah. <laughs> In the entire cannabis industry is not burning enough energy to do the job they're trying to do. Everybody needs to spend more energy to complete the task that they're trying to do. It's so, so I feel like that it's could be a controversial power. statement. And, and why are you saying that? Because I feel like we're already getting flack. And thank God Bitcoin came in and was like, oh, no, actually, we're using more power. Look at yeah, us. Right. And then, like, <laughs> and she's like, right, chill, guys, chill, chill. Let's go to LEDs. You know? I would say how you how you use your power, or what how you allocate it and how you process it. You, the, you can do energy efficient measure things and everything. But most people Me, don't really like to check for energy efficiency. You, maybe you're saying that a lot of people are underestimating the fact that like the cooling and if you run with reheat or the let's just call it the proper sized HVAC solution against your um, desired lighting footprint, it's going to be, you know, over your actual lighting draw like your your ACs with reheat are going to draw more power um, if if all conditions are on at the same time. Right. In terms of peak draw. But the. It, you're saying like, look, a lot of people, they're overbuilding. There's, they want to put up eight lights, but they only want to put up, you know, two lights worth of cooling. You only got a service, whatever your service is, dictates mm -hmm. how many watts, right? And you got to spread all those watts over lights and compressors and fans, right? Yeah. So if you overestimate how many watts of light you should have for your panel capacity you did it's this it's the rule of the industry honestly on the bell-shaped curve most people don't have enough power for what they want to do so that's always the thing i don't have any more room in my panel mm -hmm. i don't have any more room in my panel well mm -hmm. guess what there's other ways you can do this but it's high efficiency and it costs more all all the big trend that you see me teaching people and you're hearing about is we're utilizing what people already bought. They got what they got. We're running what they brung and we're making it work better and do more work. It's not about energy efficiency, but guess what? It fixes 
rooms that were being lost to the market because they got to have good flowers. They can't blast the shit. Okay. So you're, you're saying it's not about energy efficiency and I, it's about product to the market. No, no, I, I respect you, that. Uh, but, yeah. but my point is, I mean, when quest came aboard, everything they said was about energy efficiency and look at how efficient these dehumidifiers are right now in the grand scheme of things this is this is where um jack you're saying that you're basically your electric bill is going to go up right Mm -hmm. and steven you're saying that your startup costs expenses are going to go way down because of the lack of dehumidifiers my question and every investor's question is going to be where's the break-even point i've got a spreadsheet yeah yes of course you do (laughs) um yeah i I mean numbers guys the the break was something at like um let me see if i can bring it up here you guys Um, you gotta understand i've helped hundreds of people all over since 2020 i started teaching people how to do this to shoot growery, the first place I did it, right, off the whole place, they've never called me and said, hey, can you help us lower the electric bill? They don't. They didn't call me about humidity. They didn't call yeah. me about the electric bill. I just asked John at Doghouse, one of your recreation businesses up there, he hired me to fix their facility this year. And I recently asked him, I said, so what about energy? And he checked with this guy and he's like, oh yeah, it went up 30%. And John was like, well, it was worth it to have product we can sell. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're, you're either going to pay for, you're going to pay for a power bill slowly over um, a few years. or You're going to pay for it up front with these um, white boxes that, um make your acs run harder because they're dumping heat into your room um you know but that's liken it to this jack let me tell you i liken it to this i tell people if you're hagen dos you're the ice cream factory and you can't get cold enough to make ice cream you just got cold milk and you can't sell cold milk as ice cream and the cannabis industry is on the other end of the spectrum where the temperature and the humidity has to be precise too just like it does to be ice cream you guys are closer to refrigeration than you are to anything else because your product has to have its environment all the time every time just like ice cream just like dairy just like cold food storage all right so you guys got to stop dealing with hbc guys and have guys that can fix an ice machine be your best friend drive around back to the market and give some weed to the guy with ladders on his truck and Freon bottles. Because if he can work at the supermarket, he can, you can tell him, hey, figure out how to do reheat for me. And he'll be like, fuck yeah, I do it at the supermarket. <laughs> That's an understated uh, reason why why leaning on reheat as a as like a dehumidification solution is really big because you can call uh, anybody in that trade locally. Uh, you can call and, and parts from a local supply house that you're probably about 15 minutes away from somebody who has one of these kilowatt heaters that you need to install in, you know, your, your air handler. 
you're accessing a, a much more common parts market um, than what's typically like up upcharged. Um, well, and I think what he's referring to too, um, and something that uh, is is a forever a challenge for me because of my equipment is that graph, right? That graph mm -hmm. that we all know and love, and yeah, you know how flat it is, how uh, crazy, you know how much it looks like a heartbeat. And uh, I will say, and I don't know if you're willing to share, but I, I have seen jacks, and it is pretty damn flat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's certainly more so than mine, and more so than most graphs I've ever really yeah. seen. Um, and yeah. so, while there might be a cost associated with this, is there not a cost associated with the quality of pretty much everything you do? You know, um, I, I think it might be one of those things that takes you to that next half pound or, you know, however much per light or however many points per gram per watt type situation. Um, it takes you over that edge that you just, you know, plateaued at because you're going to have a more consistent environment. And I think that's ultimately what we're trying to do here is just keep the environment consistent. Right. Yeah. When, and, and what's that worth to you? Like, uh, right. do you want to pay for it up front um, <laughs> yeah. or do you want to pay for it, you know, over time? Uh, and, you know, how much, I mean, there is, uh, you know, there is a point, there's a pain point. And I think that's, you know, what we're talking about here for a lot of um, sort of people who are setting up, you know, they're moving out from their tent into a room and maybe they're approaching buying like a, an AC solution or like trying to figure out what they're going to do about like an increased humidity load maybe they're upgrading to leds and like dealing with that well but um you know there's a lot of opportunity to go this route versus um you know uh taking just an off-the-shelf solution and and how many times have you run into that sort of specific problem as a grower where you know it was um a certain metaphor while compost teas being sprayed on plants um that was you know that's spraying you know fecal matter on things that people are smoking and that was generally accepted i mean it goes in the soil folks like if you're going to do it at all but the the that was you know a couple of years of popularity before people were like wait what the fuck and then um you know they sort of realized that there's probably better processes to try to accomplish what you're trying to do it's got a well really race I don't know what forms you're getting your information from, but uh, I was never spraying. 2014 was weird. <laughs> uh, hey, Superior Bud, something that we haven't talked about and something that yeah. I want you to um, maybe discuss with uh, Stephen here is, especially, again, coming from the smaller grower perspective, um, a lung room. I mean, I don't know yeah. how, if he's ever dealt with that, but uh, Superior Buds uses a lung room. And I've done a similar situation where I had like this tent town or a tent city, you know, instead of a garage and essentially just air conditioned the room all, all yeah. around well, it. If, if you it. think about it, though, I, I believe I do kind of have one of your hybrid reheat style systems because I do run heat in my flower room, but it's because I'm up north. It's freezing freaking cold out here all the time. You know, we get a couple of months of sun, but. Probably not um, that much different from uh, Oregon or where he was talking about 46 degree daily average right. type situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're buried in snow most of the year. And yeah. um, so we have heat in the flower room and I use that heat to heat the rest of my system. So I exhaust that heat from the flower room. So the temperature on that is set higher than the exhaust. So it exhausts the heat out, heats my lung room. There's an AC unit 
in the lung room that runs to keep it cooler, which also provides some dehumidification then. And then the veg tent pulls from that same lung room. Yeah. And it allows me Absolutely. to keep very consistent temperature. My VPD has been very flat for a long time, you know, night and day from before um, lights off and you get that spike. And I see just a, a minimal spike and then it's right back to exactly where it should be. So, you know, I I would say it's, I've already kind of got that. Um, I didn't realize until you were halfway through the description. I'm like, okay, that's basically what I already built. (laughs) Right. It's that's the beauty of it is it's like, it's the parts that you already have in place. It's, you know, some people have happened upon Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I've just happened Mm -hmm. to have this system that does really well. Now I will say though, I do run a 70 liter dehumidifier in my lung room as well. But do you want another? That, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's also because outside it can be a hundred percent humidity here. And you know, wintertime it'll be zero, summertime it'll be a hundred percent. I'm on the water. So right. we have to deal with all extremes. And you know, sometimes the garage door gets open and a rush of very wet, nasty air comes in. So it helps offset. Steven, do you think uh, Michigan is one of the most challenging climates to grow in out of all 50 states in the union? Fortunately, because I choose to only work indoors, indoors, indoors for me. Most everybody I'm working for is panel construction now. So mm-hmm. I realize I have this commercial focus, but mm-hmm. it's just I'm in this business of working for these businesses, you know, and 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 one of the things that draws me to Michigan is it's now stabilized. The people that are making it are making it, right? People, I'm guessing the people have fallen off have fallen off and who's in is... Oh, there's plenty more to go. Don't worry. It's, <laughs> it's just starting. Yeah. Crazy round one, but we, yeah, got, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we got more to go. Fortunately, I work for successful people in Michigan. That, I appreciate that, you know, I do. So, so, so jumping back to the long room real quick. Yeah. Um, it, would it make more sense to have the heat in the lung room where the AC is or as far as, as far if dehumidification is involved, it's best to cool the air first and then add the heat to that cooled air. That's why okay. it's called reheat, right? You don't okay. want to preheat the air because and then cool preheat it back the down. air. Yeah. Well, what happens is you load all these BTUs in the air that you got to take back out before you start dehumidifying. So that's that's the thing about why an air conditioner and a dehumidifier are one to one. It's a total trade that you paid a dollar to run the DU and then you paid a dollar to run the AC because of the DU, in addition to the dollar for the lights, and you guys think I'm using more energy. You know, <laughs> right. like, well, that, so, that's one of the things that the lung room did for me was kind of sharing that energy load amongst multiple systems. Yeah right? Trying to keep yeah. things in balance. And from a smaller perspective, I, I run home grow 12, 12 recreational. That's all I run. Um, yeah. you know, we, we look to scale with the micro business for a while. Um, but for girly and I have talked about that. Yeah. It, you know, racer X th- th- shaking his head. He, he understands how Michigan Go class B. Go class B. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> No, that's interesting get, though. That that, that makes a lot of sense. Requests from small guys, the small space people, you know, people that get small areas, 
And it's really to the point where it's like, if it's a small space, it's a small problem. You're probably already dealing with it. You know, you probably got to do more of whatever you know you're dealing with. You know, if you if you need more cooling, you probably need more cooling. You know, if you can't use outside air because it's too hot all the time, you can't change the outside. <laughs> well, why don't we even go back to like? I don't even know if it's appropriate to bring up like what this. How do people scale their rooms? Like, if people don't know how to do that. You know, it's something that, you know, if you're if you're running your your operation at home, you're able to to do this math. It's what is it? Three point four one BTUs per watt. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you take yeah. your uh, take your BTUs, and you divide them by twelve thousand. That's your tonnage. Yeah. Then you can size your AC to that. Now, if you have a five ton unit, you can get five hundred pints per day set up with a reheat system and you can sort of compare that to see if it works against uh how much water that you're expecting to go into the grow and how much dehumidification you need um i bet if a five ton unit is serving your wattage of your lights you're going to be somewhere in the ballpark of how much dehumidification you're going to need unless you're growing something crazy like a multiple rack system and then you're going to need to call landry and you're not <laughs> doing that at home uh, well, you might, you know, no judgment, but like that's. Uh, I, I have fourteen uh, hats foot ceilings. I've thought about two levels. <laughs> you know, don't do it. Honestly, I, I want to see those octo bubblers and like the big walls come back, where like people just stuck dowies like down in the center. All, okay, I bring back down. the exotic okay. growing styles, like <laughs> like the old ring that went in a circle immediately. And... Oh, yeah. That's funny. Well, everyone is talking under canopy lights lately, so. Uh, so yeah, it, that's back. interesting we'll we'll see what the numbers say right yep 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 side lighting and under canopy everyone's competing of which which direction should their light come from <laughs> yep. and you know it's with leds that's that's a big reason why people are um you know amongst other like pressures into the space mold you know uh, uh just environmental control in general but that's a lot of people are investigating their humidity sort of attack plans. And, um, you know, don't forget, there's other things other than, you know, the logos on the hats that people wear um, for you to check out. Um, although, like, you know, it, sorry. There you go. Oh, All right. If we're going to do that. Oh, uh -oh. Now nah, I'm just bald. The, um, the whole fucking thing with uh -oh. um, <laughs> if you're at home and you're actually chasing after, um, if you're chasing after like a dehue solution, uh, you probably already have an air conditioner. It may or may not have a heat strip in it. Consider adding one. You know, uh, okay. call a local. Call you know, call call Steven. See if he's got someone uh, he recommends locally uh, to come out and take a look. If you have a lung room, you're already like ahead of the game though. Like you're 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 blessed with the square footage and the capability yeah. of doing that. I mean, that's great. Um, in the commercial space, square footage is uh, hard to come by and right. um, it gets maximized immediately. And the mm -hmm. concept of doing lung rooms, I mean, some sophisticated facilities have, I've seen that pop up, but um, you know, when you keep it simple, um, you, yeah, uh, this game does not have to be as complicated as the salespeople sort of make it out to be, if that makes sense. I, I just thought of something, and this could be an awful idea, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, what if we just took our mini split air compressors and put them inside 
Isn't that kind of like reheating? <laughs> yes. But what are you going to do when you don't need the heat? So now you're back. Got to go somewhere. Got to find yeah. another air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> so put another one on, put heat on it, put cool on that one. That's the most energy efficient way you can do it. The least energy efficient way that you can fix it tonight is plug some heaters in the wall. Mm -hmm. But you got to go watch the mini split video so you can understand the math. So it's like a two-ton head needs 5kW or something like that. And every portable heater that plugs into the wall, every single device is limited to 1,500 watts. That's just the rule. You won't ever find a plug-in heater for a home that's over 1,500 watts. You have to but then you go to find them on sale at Menards for forty dollars. <laughs> and when you I got that your head, I got that yeah. good baseboard heat. Yeah. Oh, hardwired yeah. too far. <laughs> what are you complaining about? You have a lung room. You got baseboard heat. You're like the heat is the heat. I'm on Lake but Michigan. Listen, I want to share something with you guys about rack systems and the air system on those. For sure, we figured out as we went. You deserve and more credit for those ducting systems. They're beautiful. Thank you. The reason that I attach the air conditioner to it is because I'm an air conditioning contractor for my whole fucking life. So when I was charged with figuring this thing out, I didn't hesitate to attach the air conditioner. I had to figure out how to, right? And when I first did, we had these Vortex fans that were hooked up to the racks then also, and they spun the AC blower backwards because they overpowered it. And it created this airflow thing that burned out the heaters. Well, I got to fix it, right? So what I figured out how to do was add a mixing box or another inlet basically to the powerful fan so that I reduced the suction that's being drawn on the AC air handler. And in a lot of cases today, like in dry rooms, we just build a relay setup that's an interlock so that this fan comes on before this fan for that purpose, right? The indoor fan comes on before the powerful fan that drives the racks. Because I put 3,000, on average, a 3,000 CFM Vortex fan. Think about the 600, 800, 1,000 CFMers that you had. I only buy 3,000 CFMers. I put in some 4,000 recently in a dry room and two of them in one room. We had 8,000 CFM of air in this air system. It's really <laughs> cool. There's a video on my YouTube called the coolest dry room that's that too. And the reason that I do that and the engineers that work for the rack companies that are designing all the air systems that everybody's buying don't do that is they don't have a reference. There's no book. There's no thing they can look up and go, oh, that's how we build air systems for cannabis. Well, and you, They've never you, Stephen, you like many others, uh, many other pioneers in this industry, um have done just that you've taken a problem we've had and looked for a solution not from within the industry itself but from another industry exists because guess what there's a lot of them out there and almost everything we're doing we're just stealing the tech not stealing but you know we're borrowing the tech from another you didn't industry. let us look before 100 percent, and we we weren't allowed to test them quite frankly i wasn't we did, we were we doing in a basement at our house half the time either yeah, yeah. and so i mean whether it's processing 
whether it's growing, whether it's the HVAC tricks and hacks, it's it's just almost every time it seems to be coming from another industry. And so that's why when we had that conversation um, a couple weeks ago on the phone, I, I told you I always I used to spout five years ago about how in this emerging market, we needed more attorneys. We needed more electricians. We needed more people that were going to do the ancillary type stuff that are going to support this industry. It's not that we need more growers necessarily. We're going to need all these other support people. And so that's why I was happy to kind of see you come along and really pushing for what you're pushing. Um, and I don't really know where I was going with that, but let's continue this conversation. <laughs> oh, I've been in construction my whole life. So I'm still in construction, but it's the construction of your industry. And I recently was at this big trade show, show again this last year. And there was this one green booth. Why was it green? Because it's greenwashing, but not for energy, for cannabis, right? And these engineers were trying to say that they were cannabis, in, the cannabis engineers of the show. And you know that they didn't know what a terpene was? <laughs> they learned that day. We, we and get they that. learned that we it is very important to you guys. And the HVAC guy had to tell them that. And they were there representing at that show that, well, we're, yeah, we're, we're the green, yeah, we're the green engineers. That's, that, I've been in competition and construction my whole life, and that ain't competition at all. You know, I tell people every day, I don't have to sell anything. I provide solutions to you guys, and I go to work, you know. And so I hope to be an example to my trade that they will catch on that you guys need us to be your best friend. Because <laughs> it's a big part of what we do. You ain't going to call the plumber. You ain't going to call the electrician. You ain't going to call the engineer. You ain't going to call the city. You're going to call the HVAC guy. And just like I said, drive around back, find the guy that works at Baskin Robbins. You know, there's one that says refrigeration or mechanical. Find one of those guys and turn him on some weed, you know, <laughs> and make best friends with him. Yeah, because we've I taken tried a to look save the sheets. I tried to join them. I wanted them yeah. to just take the end of their umbrella and keep me forever. And I'd just be their maintenance man. And I was, <laughs> was going to just stay at the shoots if they would have let me do that. But they didn't want another slice of the pie slice. So I just HBC guy. Come and go. I mean, it, it's really concerning when the contractor that you're discussing your grow with, uh, like the name of their operation is cannabis centric because you've only really been able to do that for the last couple of years. So what the, you know, yeah. what sort of reputation is there actually? And it, it's yeah. concerning, you, like getting a recommendation from another grow or like a friend about, you know, like, Hey, this guy nailed my AC for, you know, our upgraded home. Uh, that that's one thing, but if someone's advertising, uh, you know, in, in, um, in cannabis spaces, that's suspicious as hell, you know, we, we, you're right. We all need to look at other industries that have already laid on the barbed wire of a lot of these problems. I think it's hilarious, um, uh, uh, and ironic that, you know, Steven is thinking about reheat and sort of, you know, seeking this work out while sitting in a hot yoga studio being like these idiots. Right. Why not just like, right. Like, and there's a couple of people in the comment section, uh, like Weezen, like other people are like, yeah, we've been using that for years. Like, I don't like, we brought it up a couple of times. People told us that we're idiots. We should be buying the quest. And it's like, <laughs> don't forget about Lux. 
don't forget about Lux. That that should be a you know signifier to everybody. Um, that, Tell us the story like, if we don't well, know. Uh, all right. So I mean, if if you don't remember, Lux was they made a banging uh, 630 CMH fixture. Uh, real slimline, you know, it was everything you wanted uh, that fixture to be at the time. And um, they had a, a, a decent failure rate. They all have failure rates, but theirs was like, okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, they're no longer with us, right? After dropping an LED fixture, um, you know, I can't recall the specifics of it, but the, uh, you know, I do remember that there was a lot of hype and a lot of sales uh, association with it, and it was very green branded. And um, you know, whether I'm I'm growing at home or whether we're here, um, you know, at the, at the big grow, it, you're, we're finding our best solutions from you know people who've been in business for decades, who don't spend money on advertising, who quietly serve other industries. Um, who make things repairable, make things accessible. Right. And that's, that's, that's the real draw to reheat compared to these other package solutions. But yeah, I mean, found yeah, it's, a lot it's of case my products. Yeah. A lot of my products come from aquarium, uh, the professional big reef aquarium people, cause I'm hydroponics, you know, they've dealt with water and yeah. a lot of, you know, hash washing. We need clean water. I look to their, those guys, they, they make, they mix their own salt water okay, how do you guys start with water? You know, um, they're building these massive systems that need lots of water at a, at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, beer brewers is another one. Yeah, A lot of good stuff comes out of the beer brewing, you know, when you're not getting green taxed on it. When an extractor finds out what a sanitary fitting is. It's yeah, not right. Like, it's, we, it's an epiphany. <laughs> right yeah like, all those tri clamp fittings man all of a sudden you're not paying 30 bucks for <sighs> fucking clamp <laughs> yeah and you know that was that was the beauty of sort of coming across this information why i'm really thankful for what steven's done uh in the industry despite like catching a lot of shit for it you know from people who do make a lot of money selling these things you know and green taxing the the people they serve you know yes you know, yeah, they, it, it's kind of nice to see that that level of care and just sort of respect for the industry and, and not someone just sort of treating it. Um, I don't know. Unfortunately, uh, with, with on that wheel is all the people yeah. we help too. Like we help a shitload yeah. of people, my son and my peers. I mean, every day I'm sending him somebody like contact this guy, you know, mm -hmm. shipping, shipping, packing. My son in Oregon does some assembly of these kits that we make and then. Pierce does a final assembly and then I pack them up and I ship them to everybody. And we've done it on the road. I've visited so many post offices and, and you know, we, we knocked the post stories. office and we could give a shit about the post office, but I've been to so many post offices in the United States of America, thanks to cannabis now that I'll tell you, there's no water shortage. There might be in California, but there's no water shortage in America. <laughs> you go down south, we got plenty of water. <laughs> so tell us about this kit you sell because, um, you know, I, I invited you on here to, you know, kind of educate people about reheat and why it's important yeah. and maybe a change it should make. But tell us about like what, you know, product you're promoting and what it, uh, you know, what, however deep you want to get into it, like what the install looks no, like, what the cost is. When I first came into this industry, Trollmaster showed up and I didn't want to pick it up. I put it down and didn't look at it. And the electrician 
talk like he knew what to do. And I was like, good. And then it showed up again. It showed up again. It showed up everywhere. You guys have it. So it's just very popular. So I had no choice but to learn about it a little bit, right? Well, at this time, I'm using a thermostat to do reheat. And I go, well, I better figure out how to do it with this. So I'll just do what we do with the thermostat with this. And so that's all I did is I created a device that interfaces basic Trollmaster parts into a marriage where cooling is king and dehumidification is slave. And if cooling is calling, we don't got no heat. But when cooling is not calling, heating and cooling is on. And it's reheat. And it's that simple. And, uh, and we started sending them out to jobs like Growlink has installed. And uh, if they just got a thermostat, you can put a thermostat and a dehumidistat on it. So it's pretty much a universal kit where you can take any standard basic AC unit. 510 is the most common. So Jack put them in himself. That unit, you just put it in line with the Trollmaster and it makes that air conditioner a dehumidifier. And then and we don't hang that dehumidifier. We don't put dehumidifiers in rooms anymore. I do design in Mississippi and Vermont in the last year. There's no dehumidifiers in both those facilities. We're going to Jersey designs with no dehumidifiers. In Florida, so you want to worry, well, they're not that humid as Florida. Troy down in Florida just started up his facility and Don from Doghouse is his next door neighbor. He's going down there. No dehumidifiers. Troy put put one 300 pint dehumidifier in the room and it never got wired. They dehumidified the room with three five ten ACs in Florida because they got panel construction and they got reheat dehumidification and they didn't turn they didn't wire the dehumidifiers. So so I heard you mention Trollmaster there. Um, yeah. wh which modules are you hooking to? Just. I, I actually use Trollmaster to run my whole grow. So I'm just interested. Yeah. <laughs> TS2. We can't use a TS1 because a TS1 will never do heat if you should ever need heat. Doesn't doesn't have anything to do with reheat, but it has something to do with heat. So we don't buy TS1s. We only buy TS2s. And we use an HS1. That's humidity, dehumidification. The other one's temperature, right? That's it. Those two. You got $200 in devices. If you already have the controller. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. You screw a hole in our box and you mount those on it. You do all the ugly wiring inside of our box. So it looks What's the URL? Nice and clean. You, you got an online store now that popped up this past year. That's just a website. I mean, that's a website. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's that it's there. So the website is cannabismechanical.us. Yeah, cannabismechanical.us is the website. But I'll be honest, the, the cannabis industry is on Instagram, you know, and, I'm, and that's why I'm on it. That's where I found the cannabis industry. And you, yeah, you, so scroll down. It's also you on YouTube. The kit right there. Yeah. Instagram's, so, Instagram can be a gnarly place for cannabis, but YouTube exists as well. I know, um, I know you have the reheat hack up here, but I don't know if you've had too much like um, experience jumping into podcasts, but I've found some of my best information in the comment section in Instagram, not necessarily in the content, 
but most of the cool stuff that you find there points to some sort of YouTube video, like your stuff, for instance, like your YouTube or like your YouTube channel, which I think is still cannabis mechanical, right? It is. It is also yeah. cannabis mechanical. Yeah. So that's basically like showing the wiring of how you wire one of these. On the left hand side, you hook up your AC unit. On the right hand side, you hook up the TS1 and the TS2, and that's all you do. And your air conditioner will then do heating, cooling, or dehumidification on demand. On demand. And when will it off? When it hits the set point that you set it at. <laughs> it, there's I a couple of videos that you have there. Up. Uh, the one, I, it was probably maybe a year and a half ago where you just go in and just unplug the, the quests because you just got done with a, um, a setup. That was kind of a big selling point for us um, or how, you know, we explained train. it to <laughs> nothing can stop a train. When we first go to the room, the first thing we do is we leave the dehumidifiers involved, but yep. we change the room. The day that we do this to a room that has one or <laughs> ten units. Excuse when me. we change the room, the room changes when we turn it back on. The needle moves, the room gets cooler, it gets drier, if that's what we're trying to do. Definitely gets drier. Then, over to... I don't know, Jack, I lost my point. No, it's all good. <laughs> About getting cooler and drier, you know, and and the fact that we fix it on that day, right? It There's no waiting to see, like, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. It, because every day it's consistently a struggle. When we fix it, it's fixed. Yeah, I mean, if something, if people want to see a proof of concept at home and they they happen to have a, a home grow with, uh, you know, a three ton split, for example, I mean, you can't, you'll never be able to run a mini split heat and cool at the same time. It's not how that works. It's a heat pump. You can only go one direction. Mm-hmm. You don't have two yeah. line sets going to yeah. it. It's only one pair. It goes in a cycle. The heat, the heat right. doesn't dry the air. The heat changes the state of the air. The heat, the heat in those those units is a waste of time. I, I like the the mini split heat. Like you might as well go to Menards and pick up some fifteen hundred watts. But I mean, yeah. if you have a three ton unit, what about tossing in a couple kilowatts of uh, either oil rads, or if you want to go get a garage heater? From Menards, they have them for like two hundred bucks. Yeah. Any source of heat is heat. What you and have to understand is you're the AC. You're replicating the heat of the lights. That's yep. it. You're yep. just adding the heat of the lights that's not there in the dark period. At this beginning yep. level that we're talking about, right? If you just want to yep. move a small space a little bit, that's what we're talking about, right? It's not perfect. It's it's hot rodding. Right. <laughs> it's hot rodding. It's taking what you exactly. got and making it work better. That's mm-hmm. all it is, you know? I, I, I keep I keep this question keeps coming up in my head and you keep saying it. And so I, I just want to reiterate it and maybe pose it as a question in a different way. You keep yeah. saying heat is heat. And we want to I think Jack maybe just said we're trying to chase that AC. Yeah. Um, and and you mentioned like this three to two ratio of AC to heat. Um, I had an analogy for you on it. Let's say this is your air conditioner's oh, yeah. power, right? Your yeah. air conditioner's power is this 
this cools light, this does dehumidification always and forever. Unless heat from a dehumidifier is being introduced and causing all of this power to be used on just sensible work and no latent work. Right? So all air conditioners have a condensate line. All air conditioners have a condensate line because all air conditioners are dehumidifiers. Right? But we control them on temperature. What we do is say, we're going to keep controlling with temperature, but we're going to add in humid humidity control. We're going to turn you on if we need you to dehumidify. And Chris Osborne in Florida, he's on Instagram, local flow grower. He is the one that told me that they used to do reheat in houses in Florida before energy lockdowns, that it was every day. They did this. They put an electric heater in the AC's cooling air handler and turned it on when they want to dehumidify. There's a balancing act to it, though, right? It's not just about blasting heat. You can't do it with gas furnaces. Don't do it with your gas furnace unless you spoke. We do well, it, but that's, don't that's, it. that's why I, I keep coming back to this question, because you keep saying heat is heat, and you keep yeah. referencing these 1,500-watt heaters that we get from Menards or whatever. I got several of them. <laughs> I, re I reference them as milk house heaters, but I've also yeah. installed in pole barns um, you know, 36,000 BTU propane heaters. I, you know, I'm, I live in the country. I don't have natural <laughs> gas. I have propane, right? Have propane is what I use to create CO2 in my room. So I'm, I'm kind of doing a little bit of maybe like 6,000 BTU, no, maybe like 2,000 BTU. Uh, uh, right. I, and I'm adding CO2. That is not, the, uh, that's not heat as heat, right? I mean, it, or we're talking like infrared, are we talking milk? Like what, it, there's a Here's specific the type of with what heat. you talked about. You're talking about fossil fuel combustion and it's, and you get three things. You get CO2, you get heat and you get water vapor. Two of them you don't really need. And yeah, that one, the heat element, it's BTUs. Is it gonna get the AC to come on and run? Yeah, but remember, that third part where you're adding water, but it's and, and and the catch I want to mention is CO2 is only useful for the most part when the lights are on. So it's not like those things are running right. all night long when the reheat is actually supposed to be running. So it's not actually doing much CO2. I think you should always have tank CO2, but remember I work at yep. I work at scale every day. Right. Yeah, the and they're not gonna be blowing size of a truck. <laughs> I, I have to drive an hour for groceries. I don't know how long I'd have to drive for CO2. <laughs> no, you got to make your CO2. Yeah, they deliver the propane you to you. That's uh, the difference. Bags right. between, between the heated floor and the long room, I was expecting you to have a CO2 generator. Outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a giant propane tank. So, I, I mean, so, Andy does have chicken, so he probably could make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Here's the yeah, thing about the, the water vapor. It's yeah. acid rain. The water mm -hmm. vapor from CO2 generators is acid rain. And I say that because it has the acidic value of like full vinegar, not diluted vinegar. So it's acid rain. And <laughs> when you have a lot of it inside of a greenhouse or a building, it starts to rot something. Whatever metal that's painted, it comes in contact with, 
quantity, it event, which is usually the AC system, is why I'm saying it, is if you see your AC systems are rotting out, it's because of your CO2 generator. And you brought up earlier if people. it was, is it heat, is heat, it, it would be the case if it was just providing heat, but it's also bringing water vapor. And then like the same reason why you would distill butane before a run is the same reason why you wouldn't want that same moisture in your grow room. Um, it's because yeah, it's, it's, it's not the left line for, yeah, it's what's not combusted. It's not good water. It's plastic. That's, and you got to understand, I know too much. <laughs> But <laughs> that's that's I a good problem to have in, in this yeah. type of situation, and quite frankly, a big reason why we brought you on here. But I just wanted to clarify: it really isn't heat as is heat. It is the the source of the heat does matter, and it seems like electrical heat is probably your best bet, right? That's the only thing that's going to be heat simple heat. Is electric resistance heat? The next thing is if we burn fuel and we heat fluid water, right? We can do that hydronic heating, but think about to go from one to the other, how much more apparatus there is in the complexity to have heated hot water over a toaster in a duct, right? So mm -hmm. we've been making electric resistance heaters since we've been making toast. They were the first electric resistance heaters they made with toasters, right? They just got bigger. We blow air over it, we can heat whatever. It's used commercially, it's the most common form of heat hmm. for process not for not for heating and cooling but for processes right where we got to do dehumidification right so again i that's why i didn't bring anything new i just brought what my industry hadn't been sharing with you guys because we weren't looking at it so much and you we weren't asking, yeah i worked you know? i worked at a massive grocery chain down south um or late 90s and reheat was pretty big for them down there. Um, that was, but it was in a different, I'm trying to think of where they had it at. It was because of the humidity of the veggies. It was something to yeah. do with the vegetables. Well, cause they're spraying the vegetables, right? It, yeah. And the, it, it's kind of just like us, right? You know, you don't want that excess humidity, but yet you want the vegetables to have that glisten fresh spray <laughs> and because of the commercial building they had a ventilation requirement that said you have to bring in x amount of air and it might be zero degrees outside so yeah. they yeah if the simplest thing is to burn some electricity because you got it and it's cheap like in oregon it's much less expensive there's places in the u.s that electricity isn't expensive that we do a lot of this places that they're out of power or electricity is expensive. I lead people to other higher efficiency measures where they are using hot water, for example. You, okay. You, yes, you can build a hot gas system because you already have the hot gas. Anything like that costs more to build. We're focusing on the low hanging fruit or the fact that everybody's got all this shit and we can help them, right? It's that simple. It, there's mm -hmm. so many grows that are struggling, they're built that we're helping so is know. there anything yeah, different about measures coming. is is there anything different besides i guess efficiency you, you talked earlier about the pool systems right and how those are meant for massive humidity loads um is there anything different with the efficiency of those units or do they also just pay out the ass for it 
right? I mean, because that's got to be the the humidity loads crazy. The the reality is 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 horsepower horsepower is every horsepower is the <laughs> work, right? So a desiccant yep. filter. Misclick. He'll be back. Got to him. <laughs> they got to him. Well, well no, no, I mean, no. You're going to jump in right there, but I'm going to totally divert yeah. because I'm just going to show you some delicious oh, extract. Yeah. Before it starts. No, it's nice. not. It's cobra milk. It's about to spill nice. out. Okay. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's too amazing. But um, I wanted to show you what, uh, the, what kind of toaster he was talking about. So these are the um, reheat coils that we're talking about. This is a 15 kilowatt unit that you would drop into a five ton unit. And this, when we're talking about electrical increase, it's not insignificant. Um, you know, it's going to be, you know, this is, right, we have two of these in a room that has uh, 18 kilowatts of lighting in the ceiling. So if you're talking about considering what sort of electrical loads you need to have an absolutely balanced load, everybody gets huge huge eyes and goes i want to fill this place with lights and they don't have the power to do it i mean very <laughs> few people have 800 amps a thousand amps uh a 480 volt or, or you know 240 you know single phase service we're talking you know most places 400 amp panel max if you're lucky right and you got maybe 60 80 100 to spare for something you have to realize that if you're going to do a system where you have too many splits like that, that's going to take up 40, 60 amps before you're mm -hmm. even into lighting. So just it's it's worth considering that in the discussion about reheat. Um, but at the end of the day, you are going to have to size to that to fit your quests in there and your, your air conditioning and the higher efficiency systems work, but at scale. Like if, if we're talking about a thousand light facility, I mean, we're talking about different exotic levels of cooling, maybe a, a boiler system, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. But when you're talking about like um, private operations, people who are trying, you know, people who don't buy clones, people who, who start from seed, that's a great way to divide. Um, the, um, the way that those people can get up and operational is not have a huge CapEx up front. Uh, and that's, that's what you're paying for with DHU and you don't have to do it. Um, yeah. But Do you have, okay. So about this one, there's a, a lot of, um, a lot of cost that goes into jumping into this game, even whether you're a grower, I mean, even a processor lab, like they all kind of have a lot of costs. That Decent go into lights, that. five, 600 bucks. It's hard to get it started at any scale. Yeah, I mean, uh, what percentage of savings do you think we're talking up front? Because some of these dehumidifiers um, at the commercial level are, you know, three, four, five, six thousand dollars, not including insulation, you know. So you got to hire someone like Steven to come by. And I mean, these things weigh hundreds of pounds. And so it's not like he's doing it by himself unless he's got a crane handy, you know, and like it's it's kind of a big job. Um, and How big is your pile of Unistrut? <laughs> exactly exactly i love unistrut but it's oh so does racer dude you guys would love each other's oh, <laughs> oh man he's got one handy that's the most you people have a bed thing next to their bed he's, he, he's oh, like, gonna make me go get my white unistrut <laughs> oh i'm not that bougie is that yeah. the Ferroli branded one? <laughs> oh. yeah the painted unistrut's a cool tech 
Um, does it ever fuck with the nuts that you, know, you put in them uh, after you paint them? It, it does doesn't it, like, as long as you don't lay it, it too thick. Pain the install? But they, they scratch just like everything. So okay. well, I, I know mean, it's going to scratch, but I, I didn't want to because you have that stuff over your head and it's the worst part of it. Because yeah, you broke yeah. somebody no, else into it, and they're dropping it. Fit. I even yeah. got the uh, the end caps, and they fit right on the the painted, mm-hmm. no problem. So hadn't have any. Do, I, I busted my head a couple too many times on hanging <sighs> strut that didn't have end caps on them. I learned real quick that stuff sucks. Same. Yeah, you're yep. tall. I worry about you walking through a grow. Like, <laughs> I'm always like walking behind you, like oh, shit. <laughs> this is not <laughs> accessible for large people. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah story of my life uh so i mean we talked about a lot of different solutions um that that toaster you got i mean what does it take to install that racer you you mentioned earlier about um well actually no i guess it was steven that mentioned uh you know maybe even potentially you could install right just kind of the proverbial you to anybody out there and then you kind of bounce your head like uh maybe maybe you know well Oh, most guys do. Most most people install this are Jack. Yeah, for sure. But usually it's Joe. Just <laughs> bot of justice. They both exist. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you don't have to do it yourself. Like you can, this isn't no. a hard install. It's running a circuit. It's, it's adding a heater to an air handler. The holes are already there. Uh, Steven has <laughs> like four or five different instructionals. I, why yeah. thing ever, right? You guys do what? You guys are the most do-it-yourselfers ever. Right? Yeah, allegedly, I might have done something based on Fergoli's oh. previous YouTube work, and like, you know, that's a crazy <laughs> endeavor. But you have access to really good information on the internet if you're willing to look, and that's kind of why I champion your stuff because <coughs> it's 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 a it's a game changer. It's a it's a big step ahead. We were that's- talking about the efficiency, I think, before you got cut off. Yeah. I think we were talking about return versus like how much you're spending up front. And if you think about, uh, raise your hand if you've had a dehumidifier fail in the last six years. I, I had to I really repurpose mine before they die. Okay. That's <laughs> so. fair. But I mean, if you take a look online, you see uh, without specific branding, um, you see complaints about um, 500 class dehumidifiers and uh, a high failure rate. And those mm-hmm. things cost, you know, depending on on which outfit you're picking them up. Those are seven, six, seven, seven, seven. If you're getting them direct, right? They're listed at eight, nine, they're something like that. COVID, I'd say there's seven now. Yeah, I mean, metals not inexpensive, and those yeah. things take a lot of metal to make. Um, I mean, and you're not if you twenty, are you? Oh well, I mean, if you so. If we're getting into the weeds there, if you look at some of the marketing, like they'll say that you'll need based on your number of lighting, like 20 uh, for like a, for, like if, let's say you put 50 lights in a warehouse somewhere, they're going to say you need 20 dehumidifiers, one per like two to four. And it's like, how do you think I'm dumb? Like, what, the, what do you, like, gonna, how do you mean that it, like, you don't have a bigger unit that can't just do it all? Like, don't, isn't there a smarter way to go? And then you search and then, like, suddenly you, you find something uh, obscure, like reheat, and then <laughs> see that a couple of other growers out in Oregon are doing some, oh, wow, that's a, that's a very impressive, like, living soil stacked grow that 
doesn't seem like I'm looking at a troll master graph that's flat. I'm looking at a room that doesn't have dehumidifiers in it. How does that work? You know, uh, and um, when you look at sort of the the secondary industry to growing, you know, the 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 growing is a lifestyle sort of thing. You, you do see a lot of kind of with with things like Lux, uh, weird uh, things where things are overpriced and probably unnecessary. And if you're talking about a return on uh, an investment of choosing reheat versus um, uh, going with quests or going with like a, you know, any sort of dehumidifier, like a standalone white box, um, you I think it's for the cost, the extra electrical cost for like our 20 light rooms. I, I have a spreadsheet somewhere. I didn't I wasn't able to pull it up here, but the. It was something like seven or eight cycles. Uh, Canvas Mechanical, I think I think I DM'd you, yeah, right? It was seven or eight cycles, right? Less than two years. Less than two years, right, is is when your electrical bill is outpacing what you what you would have paid for your dehues. That's assuming you didn't have any dehues fail, and that's assuming that you're running at a scale where you're probably, you know, picking up a couple if you're if you're considering like overhauling your entire AC versus, versus like buying standalones. But, um, the, if you can make it with, with those units that far, um, then sure. Um, you're going to be saving more in power, but realistically, if there's ever a problem with something like an AC system, if, if your guy isn't available, someone is right. Uh, and someone will come out and take a look at your stuff. Mm -hmm. And it, you, there's plenty of people on on Instagram that are not just cannabis guys who can talk you through some stuff. It's and, not, and, and a lot of it's accessible. Not everybody needs it. You know, maybe you just nope. need more ventilation. Maybe yeah. you need another mini split, you know, because you just don't make it on the hottest of the hot days, you know. So small spaces have small problems, but that's not the new American market right? You guys are craft and, and the reality is we work for a lot of commercial people mm -hmm. and they are having major loss. If you can't, if you lose a room. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, and, it's, and you it's, said it earlier too, Terpene, or as, as we learned the other day of VOCs preservation yeah. for, you know, volatile organic compounds. <laughs> people are saying they're testing better. I, I can't quote anybody. I'm just going to let time prove it. But whether it's drying with reheat or finishing flour with reheat, people are improving their weed just like any environmental thing has ever done for you guys. So mm -hmm. when you right. can actually get as dry as you want to and then go as cold as you want to, and, and if you can get your VPD perfect with the lung room it's because you've practiced it and you've got it dialed it didn't it's have a balance you know it didn't happen the first day right no so, it is a hundred percent a balance yeah and so you have yeah. do you have troll master in that lung room uh, i do trolling parameters in there do you have I it do. set up as like a separate troll master you on troll master uh, yes pro? troll master everywhere no not pro oh. um okay. just on normal troll master and then the aqua x uh plus so in that situation, you'd be able to tie it in if, if you were if you were chasing that down. But it sounds like it's balanced as hell. Well, yeah, and he's, but, he's got the heater in the room, too. So he's kind of doing yeah, it just not yeah. all from the lung room. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing it like you were saying with a thermostat hack, right? Do it on demand. When you yeah, need it. so 
Now I do have a smart thermostat in there. So I have day night program. That's the other piece, you know, um, cause you've got to be able to handle that, that first lights off. Um, but the AC infinity, as soon as that humidity, I, I, another key to my room is I pull air in to the top. I exhaust out the bottom. Yep. So, um, it, it cycles. Or I'm sorry. Jeez. I I thought I'm like I just said that backwards, didn't I? I, I I'm, I'm like I'm like yeah. is really doing reheat. Listen to this. Yeah. He's getting his hot air from the top and the CO2 so from my lung room. Inverse. What yeah, hell? from my lung room, I pull from the lung room ceiling down through the wall and into the floor of the flower room, and then I exhaust out the ceiling. So I'm exhausting hot, wet air out. Yeah. Conditioning in the lung room, getting it exactly to, well, 60 degrees, 50%. It's kind of like you go for the middle ground. It changes depending on what I'm doing. Which end of the year is harder, winter or summer? It's pretty dialed in for both, really. Um, What's really challenging is when I want to wash hash. Because then I flip the AC on and it brings the room down to, you know, 30 yeah. degrees, 32 degrees. And <laughs> so I shut off all ventilation to all the, the rooms and then bring the lung room all the way down. It becomes my hash room. Yeah. You, you would think that sort of problem wouldn't exist at scale, but the horrors I've seen. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it's um, it's that that's that's interesting. It, do you? Yeah. That would that would be obnoxious having to interact and like drop temperature in a specific area. Um, would yeah. you are you considering doing something like an insulated tent? Like is Gorilla gonna come out with washrooms? I feel like that's next on the wave, right? Yeah, I, I have such a large area when I'm working. You need to move mm. a lot of stuff around. I could do it in yeah. a tent, but it would be so annoying. Yeah. Um so I mean and, they got those 10 by 20s. Uh yeah. yeah. But it, it's also the UP, so you know, there's times where I don't need the AC. I just crack Scroll the door. Back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> go, I can bring the temperature on Lake Superior, like while it's like 10 feet deep of ice. Like, eh, I'll just chop some of this off. And uh, here's my yeah. bucket. <laughs> my RO water comes out at 35 degrees year round. So oh my God. <laughs> that's that's what we call down here in the wintertime down here in uh, southern Michigan. Yeah, uh, north of Canada. Call, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still north of Canada. That's what we call uh car cold water. It's that like that water bottle you left in your car overnight. Yeah. And you come <laughs> back to it in the morning, and like the second you open it, it like kind of turns to ice but if you just drink straight from it it's like the coldest most delicious thing you've ever had that's what his tap water is like that's insane yeah do you have to do you heat it up for plants yeah um yes actually i i have an aquarium heater that's actually his humidifier is he uh puts his reservoir right in his room and he lets it come to town (laughs) and it just condensates so much i i have I have a, an RODI water reservoir, uh, so 175 gallons of RODI water, and then nice. 65 gallons of nutrients that's cycled through all the environments. And that water is kept at 65 degrees exactly. And For it how runs many through the worth of flowering plants. Uh, 12. 12. 12 plants. 12. How many lights worth? Oh. How many lights on my uh, four? Yeah, four lights. Okay. Yeah, so I'm running 1,200 watts in the in the 
12 by what is it 12 by 7 12 by 8 uh what lights hlg 300s nice i've had them since version one and i have not burned a single diode Yep. I, I say the same. <laughs> Although our failure rate on those have been actually been pretty good. I love HLG. I don't mind talking. Yeah. Good stuff yeah. I mean, I'm, most of my flowering lights are still HLG. I haven't had any failures. They're, they're certainly not as advanced as like a GML or anything like that. And I wish I 100%. wish I had more GMLs. But um, yeah, I mean, it's gosh, just, to, to go from HPS air cooled hoods to that, it was a game changer, you know? Right. It's, uh, the AK 47 of LED grow lights. I mean, they're they weigh a lot, uh, and, but they do yeah. know what they're they're supposed to do. Yep, I've got a I've got a single Unistrut, so they're hung on a a ratchet and hanger system, so I can Whoa. crank them up and down. Yep, good old <laughs> got that good thing. old unit. And the Unistrut is actually got I've got the carriage, so I can move my lights back and forth. Oh, that's nice. Unistrut, and I can raise and lower about eight foot of travel. So hell, Jesus, it's crazy. That's awesome. It's fun. Uh, no, we're fixed. We, you know, um, we didn't have the uh, time or or uh, <laughs> really care to like uh, to put ours on those movers. But that that stuff looks so cool. Um, what what size lights know, are you running then? Six hundred hours. We've been rocking them okay. for about three and a half years now. Um, awesome. So the ones that we just put up are going to be on their like fifteenth, sixteenth cycle. Nice. You know, and so that's that's. Um, yeah, I'm really happy about that. I did have to replace two of them right before the start of the run. But, um, you know, I, I might attribute uh, that to operator error um, for some reason. Just like moving them or, or spraying them? I, I think, um, I, I think uh, honestly, just um, insulation, um, you know, uh, we're, we're, those twist locks are tricky, man. <laughs> no, but that's, um, that that's, that's uh they've been great you know yields been generally um you know consistently yep. uh where you would expect a 600 light or a 600 watt fixture to be whether that's led or hps and um it's worth talking about too like you know because i you had mentioned it a little bit earlier about like yeah we're talking about energy efficiency like so we go to leds and it's like well what what wattage lights were we all running before yeah. we switched to leds 1140 right we just packed more watts oh, you, you cranked that you, you put it you boosted, turned it to 11 dude, just boosted I, I i mean as many as my breaker would take uh that's yeah. fair yeah but i mean whether it was those fixtures or some people went with 600s or you know what have you um uh, how, how much how much does diablo draw right now is that yeah. a 720 730 class fixture or is it um, up to 820 something like that and if you take a look at most of the the modern lights, some of them are getting larger service footprints, but it's still generally like five by five, four by five, five by six, maybe four by six, right? Still in that. Yeah. That, out. yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you're going with like those, just like the fold out, like the, I've got the 12 or 16. Oh, the spider lights? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The ladder lights? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Eventually <laughs> will become a ladder probably for my chickens, you know? The pallet like... lights. That's what I like calling them. But the, um, the, uh, there's pallets of them everywhere, but the, um, <laughs> the, the bar lights are pretty interesting, but those are high bay green lights and you see them indoors or in racks and you're like, how, like who, 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 who did, you know? Um, yeah. but that's why that HLG is such a cool platform. Like the, the quantums, they throw down, you get enough penetration. Um, they don't take as much space up in the ceiling, but they are heavy. 
Yeah. So oh, they wail. Yeah. Yeah. Remote driver, I, please. HLG. Steven, <laughs> Steven and racer. Um, speaking from ex- experience for both you guys, and we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, and we'll start with you, Steven. Um, what is a, uh, a problem that you're seeing currently in the industry that you think needs a solution that currently doesn't have a sufficient one. And, you know, you don't have to give me what you think that solution is. I really want to focus more on the problem. Um, because again, I think someone out there will be able to apply a solution from a different industry. I just want to make people aware of what that problem might be. What do you think it is right now, Steven? People just have to understand that they got to reallocate how they're using their energy. If you got what you got and it ain't serving you as much as you need, you got to look at how you're using what you've got. Can you take your dehumidification power you're using now and apply it a different way? Can you, when your lights shut off, use the power that was for the lights in the dark period to do dehumidification when it's the worst time, right? So people just have to learn new ways to use what they already have better. That's just energy efficiency. I'm going to, I'm going to double down on that and, and say someone is going to piggyback and find a solution, hopefully for cheaper energy, because if it takes more energy, then we need cheaper energy because that is a, a big problem right now too. We have, we have the heat already. The lights, the lights are giving us the heat. Right. Or the dehumidification is also heat. So we have the heat. We just have to save it, put it in fluid and then reuse that heat on demand is one. Heat heat batteries are the cool concept. (laughs) That's one way, you know, but there's so many different ways for energy efficiency, but everything away from what everybody has today costs a lot more money. It's just simply that. And most people, aren't trying to spend more money. Fair, fair. Jack, what do you got? What do you think? Well, the, you know, the weird part about the, the reheat stuff is that it's, it's a cheaper solution, but it does take a lot of money off the table in that secondary grow market, which is why you're seeing a lot of pushback to these sort of concepts. You know, if you Google right now, uh, what is reheat or reheat dehumidification? The first whole page of Google, first first five results bought between Quest, Andon, and Thermistor, <laughs> which is uh, you know you know those companies, and it's a PR release about um, you know why their products stand good and why you shouldn't necessarily use reheat. And I and I think that um, if you read those things closely um, with a critical eye, uh, you're you're gonna see that it's um, kind of a a little bit of a desperate hit job that they're running for uh, against some guy who's just like, nah, this is this is tech that we've had in auditoriums and hot yoga classes across country for for a while. Uh, you know, it, it sucks when you find out that you've been overpaying for something and uh, you find a cheaper alternative. Um, it is more expensive on a power bill, um, but that's really a, a, a problem for scaled businesses that are that are growing in cannabis. If you're planning to partner up, um, you know, get a bunch of the caregivers together that's in and start your op, like that's the sort of thing that you have to tackle then. At home right now, 
Um, even if your tent just vents off into your um, uh, basement and you're just having your AC eat that load, which I imagine a, a bunch of people are doing at the scale of one to two lights, you know, uh, it's possible to talk to whoever works on your AC and say, hey, what's it take to get a, a heater coil installed in this unit? And then if you are deciding, because, you know, um, Stephen, I was going to talk to you about this at some point, probably tomorrow. It's getting fucking late. I apologize. But I think it um, is tomorrow already. <laughs> it is tomorrow. But uh, home grow is popping off and people are upgrading. You're going to see an episode of this old house on home grow. That's been my prediction for years. It's going to happen. And, and people are going to start doing sealed environment grows at home, whether it's for weed, whether it's for, you know, uh, peppers and anything else. The technology is getting to the point where it's so accessible that we need to make sure that um, this sort of these sort of methods are out there uh, alongside the PR that's being bought. Um, you know, so people have, you know, a fair shot to, to better methods. I think it's kind of shameful what's going on. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of other stuff happening in the industry that's kind of gross with, um, you know, XYZ um, influencing and, you know, trendy equipment. And uh, it, the, the biggest thing um, that I wanted to convey with him on board is like he's not uh steven's not necessarily um like someone who's deserving of this sort of attack right um he is coming after some serious money from a couple of industries um but not to steal it away uh, it just he's saving other growers a shit ton of I, I labeled him as mr you know a yeah. controversial instagram at the first 10 seconds of the show and he's been nothing but a sweetheart and very factual and pragmatic about this whole thing so i mean i know he can yeah. come off a little crass on instagram i get it i've seen your Everybody i've seen can. your stories but uh you know <laughs> that's it's fine it seems like hey i <laughs> Every day, I was born in LA. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. That that all being said, I, I think you both made great points. Hey, uh, Jack, I didn't give you an opportunity earlier. Where can we find you? What can you promote? And tell me about the stranger growing right now from Armistice Cannabis. And, oh, you know, for sure. Where we might be able to find them. So uh, Armistice Cannabis on Instagram. Uh, you got to spell all that out uh, before Instagram. We'll show you the name. I'm sure we'll send some links in chat. Um, but we actually just did a fresh drop over at Vibe in uh, Inkster. Um, uh, for care of terms of service, um, we're selling bags of biscotti pie, uh, sunset runts, or sorry, Sherband runts, uh, guava garlato, and neon trees. Um, the last of our batch of neon trees is there. Um, and then coming down next, we have another batch of biscotti pie and neon trees. We're doing a small hunt in that room that probably won't make it to market, but call me Jason, you'll be able to try some out. We want to get your opinions on things. Um, but uh, that's going to be dropping in a couple of different spots around um, Detroit. And we'll see after Monday, um, uh, a couple of other stores uh, as well, but we'll uh, check out Armistice Cannabis on Instagram. Um, you can check me out uh, on Racer X on Instagram as well. Um, we post funny videos whenever we drop some stuff and I'll tell you all about it. They're four years on there. Four years been following this guy. Um, and yeah, if you have any, if you have any questions about it, like if you, uh, I think Chris was sort of letting it out of the bag that, I mean, DM Landry, he's got the website cannabismechanical.us where you can buy a reheat kit. If you happen to be running on Trollmaster or was it Trollmaster, Growlink, a couple of other units. Yeah, but I um, on Instagram, all the learning. 
I teach people on Instagram. Yeah. My website's nothing. Come to Instagram. It's where cannabis is. That's true. Buy a kit. The DM access is extremely worth it. You can solve your way through a lot of these mold and humidity problems that are seeming to plague a shit ton it's, of people. The, the in challenge with environments. The, yeah, the challenge with Instagram is it's you got to dig deep to find mm-hmm. the information. It's not like the forums back in the day where a quick Google no. or Yahoo or whatever <laughs> yeah. search would give it to Instagram you. Instagram search is horrible. You can yeah, go it, real easy. You search cannabis mechanical, you'll find me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, YouTube used to be the king because it was somewhat organized and readily accessible. And then they shut us all down. And, and what so up, now YouTube? You know. <laughs> Those were the days. I got my weed card and shit, dude. That was my favorite edit in so long. I thank you so much for doing that. Brett, <laughs> let me follow your page. <laughs> I love you. Oh, man. Uh, well, what's up next for you, Stephen? Uh, you got anything coming down the pipes? I mean, I know you spent a lot of time here in Michigan. I know you're helping people all over the United States. Are you planning on going like international with this thing? Because I know there's, I mean, this doesn't, it's certainly not just a United States thing. We got a lot of climates here, but. Yeah, we already do work. Like, this is what I could tell you. Ray Kroc told the McDonald's brothers, you're local, I'm national. And, but we're global now. Like we've sent kits to Thailand, to New York, to Australia, all over Canada. We we ship stuff, right? We ship goods to all these places. But I've sent like knowledge. I've sent like how to to a lot more than those places. I helped a guy in Peru build a room without any dehumidifiers in a place that it's never below 80% outside. <laughs> 80% relative humidity, you're saying. Yeah. Out, yeah. <laughs> Rainforest. Uh, yeah. And they always have bud rot. We mm. put one. I, if I could teach a guy in Peru to do it and be successful, and he, I have a testimonial from him. It's, you can find, you'll see one day. And he says, we're in the most humid place in the fucking world. And we did it with very basic stuff. He never once talked about the power. He talked about the success of the crop, you know? So yeah. that's, it's, it's about that, you know? The, the people that I work with, we help them change their rooms. Just, it, it doesn't always go real smooth. Sometimes there's problems and it's work, <laughs> you know, but you guys, fucking understand that you know what i mean like you know that's why most of the guys that are into in the industry that contact me and they're like they just get a kit and they try it themselves i answer a question or two and and they make it because you guys are already putting shit together you know you ain't you already put your troll master on you ain't gonna be fucking worried about putting another piece of troll master on you know yeah and, if, um it, it comes down you. to if you need to like if you if you're looking for energy efficiency, go outside. Like if that's if that's <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Like yeah, I know, dude. It's so if true. that is if that yeah. is an ethic, if it's a core ethic of what you're doing and how you're designing to grow, there's a free energy source that pops up every day, roughly around the same time. Kind of kind of fades in and out. Uh, use that if because it, that is the best thing. But if you're trying to do the absolute bleeding edge private label stuff if you're trying to develop new things or get more than three cycles off a year with 
a lot of infrastructure and you're inside like everybody else, you know, this is the best option to get the best control over your environment. If you're trying to get control over your environment, you're already using a controller, this thing plugs into it. Plugs into like it's been a godsend. I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you. Nope. You're in town, right? Nope. This weekend? Nope. You're out. The kids got sick and they decided to bail. So we stayed. Okay. I'm just give me a call when you come out. That all worked. Like if this happened on my cell phone, thank God. I lost my iPad a while back, and that's why there was a change. But thank you guys for inviting me. Yeah, it was great to have you guys both. We really appreciate uh, both you guys spending the time to discuss this and kind of really dive deep into to what all this means because I think it's important from uh, for everyone. Uh, you know, and while Superior and I buds like really have a passion for hash, you can't have good quality hash without having a good quality grow and the material that comes from it. Um, and so, you know, we're always looking for the hacks or the best ways to do that. Like we've been talking about being DIY guys. I love the description of this being a hot rod method because I think that's, is what it is. And guess what? If you're willing to put that high octane fuel into your grow, this might be the method for you. Thank you, Stephen Landry, Landry inside cannabis mechanical.us cannabis.mechanical on Instagram, uh, racer x on instagram armistice cannabis find them in the metric michigan market superior buds for 20 and it's a me for girly cheers guys until next time thank you so much see you then have a good night everybody take care good night everybody good night good night <laughs>